Okay, we have one more story, and this is a Taylor Bagley-led story. This is a segment of Secure the Bag. Taylor, for mm-hmm. folks that are maybe listening to a first segment of Secure the Bag, what's the premise of this little <laughs> mini-show within the show? Yeah, so Secure the Bag... Uh, it's just a segment where we take a deep dive look into a company who, um, you know, has something new going on, something that um, might be game changing for either themselves as an organization, for us as a society or consumers, um, and and that could be you know a, a big shift in a positive or negative way um, that will ultimately lead us to ask the question. Has this company secured the bag, aka have they, uh, you know, made a big win? Have they, you know, uh, set out a to meet a certain goal, met that goal, um, or inadvertently met a goal along the way? So, um, you know, sometimes there's a circumstance, obviously, that we see happen. The the world's a volatile place, and how you are able to respond to that, um, I think, is uh, yeah, really make or break in our our current climate. Truly. Well, now we have that preface introduction. Taylor Bagley, secure the bag for us. Who are we judging today on the program? <laughs> so today we are looking at Zoom, which I think, uh, you know, probably any of us listening here to this podcast are going to be, um, you know, very familiar with. And uh, recently, Zoom has uh, had a lot of criticism about their security practices and their encryption practices um, as more and more people are just relying on their services to conduct business to communicate with one another. Um, So there have been multiple reports in the last few weeks and even months about breaches to Zoom meetings or what's called Zoom bombings, um, where essentially anybody can log into any Zoom meeting um, with just a kind of randomly generated URL. So people, you know, will have uh, a link to a Zoom meeting and can change up, you know, some of the the coding there and the the URL to just enter another meeting. And and you can essentially do this at random to hop into uh, different discussions and uh, different calls. And we've seen this to varying degrees of, uh, um, you know, effect. Uh, we've had people who have gotten into, you know, classes, college courses, and then even into uh, government meetings and, and uh, meetings with officials, which have, you know, led uh, multiple um, organizations, governments from around the world to ban Zoom. Even the Federal Bureau of Investigation here in America released a statement uh, recently um, discussing the dangers of using Zoom for uh, anything that that's going to be, um, you know, critical information, sensitive information, data that needs to to make sure that it can, uh, you know, stay um, entirely uh, segmented there. So, yeah, a lot of criticism from from general populace and and uh, people that were uh, kind of affected here by um, Zoom bombings. So Zoom has responded here uh, just in the last few days um, about their their want to make sure that they address some of these concerns. Um, They have actually rolled out a new Zoom update called Zoom 5.0, which will, uh, you know, showcase end-to-end encryption, um, which realistically is very standard for all communication apps. Um, I I think that 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 has really led a lot of people to ask why 
was this not the practice, you know, in place ahead of time? Um, you know, maybe Zoom didn't see themselves having to be the, uh, you know, cornerstone of American <laughs> communication or right, worldwide right. communication. Um, so, you know, I, I think that maybe there is a little bit of an element of catching up to do, but uh, regardless, they have you know issued a you know a, a public apology and then also a uh, list of updates that are going to mitigate some of these security concerns. One end-to-end encryption, password-protected uh, meetings, uh, things of that nature, which I think are, are pretty standard in other communication apps. So, um, you know, while yes, there was definitely some backlash. Yes, there was a lot of response. Yes, even uh, national banning on some levels, you know, in, in, in some countries of Zoom itself. Um, I think we're starting to see some of that uh, get answered, get mitigated. And then um, it's not looking like the uh, uh, trajectory of conferencing, video conferencing, um, you know, discussing things, you know, over the internet to, you know, conduct our day-to-day lives is going to slow down anytime soon. Um, so, I think this really poses Zoom to, um, you know, have a big win here. You know, although they, they've kind of gotten a lot of heat here in the last few weeks, if I think they've got on out ahead of it pretty quickly, they've been able to answer to some of it, uh, you know, relatively timely. And uh, yeah, I think this really poses them to potentially secure one of the biggest bags of 2020. So um, I, I think they've got my seal of approval as long as uh, this rollout in the next week or so uh, stays to the uh, path that they've laid out for it. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think we've seen a big win here from the guys and gals over at Zoom. Go ahead, Daniel. Tyler, go- oh, well, I, I, I was looking up uh, some other information I wanted to shout out. So you go ahead and give your thoughts first because I wanted to contextualize something here. Yeah, so I, I think there are various um, categories that you can put companies in as it's related to COVID-19 response. Um, and I think I think probably the one that Zoom falls under is uh, just well positioned to take advantage of a moment in of a moment in time, but that there were adjustments that needed to be made. And I think making those adjustments as quickly as possible and rolling that out does put them in that position to uh, secure the bag in this particular case, because you know I, I think it, it highlighted the importance of a platform like Zoom, uh, what has happened and, and everything going on. But, you know, I, those types of concerns, I think, are are reasonable, right? And I, and I think this has been the case across a lot of different, um, a lot of different companies, industries, uh, people needing solutions and there being solutions that are there and available, but maybe not entirely ready to be utilized on the scale that they needed to be utilized um, to meet the demand for this particular, uh, instance. And so I do think that, um, I do think that zoom, uh, by making these adjustments positions themselves well now, but also, you know, again, we, we've talked about this before, but just what the workplace of the future looks like potentially, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing this as a springing off point for a lot more remote work, a lot fewer, maybe traditional office settings and a lot more utilization of platforms like zoom. So I think if they can address these security concerns, they are well positioned for that. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a strange shift going from being you know even just a industry contender or leader all the way to you know and uh, an essential piece of our our communication fabric. So it's uh, um, yeah, it, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to see that that kind of continue to uh, work there in both theirs and our favor. And uh, last point I wanted to bring up, but another reason why. Um, 
the there's even an opening for Zoom to explode here is because of so many missteps on Microsoft's part with mm-hmm. Skype. So if you didn't mm-hmm. know, Skype is owned by Microsoft. And um, in the last several years, um, I think since at least 2015, um, you know, don't hold me to that. But it, around then, um, you know, Skype basically started to have some performance issues and started to lose focus from Microsoft as they transitioned to Teams. So Teams started to take over the uh, multi-purpose communication platform Microsoft wanted to push. And then it adopted some of the same back-end tech to run the uh, calling and video conferencing capabilities on Teams uh, that you know even we use at, at MarketScale now. So Skype has basically fallen out of favor, and uh, Microsoft um, was slow to adapt it to its new operating systems. There was a lot of back-and-forth mm-hmm. on how they wanted it to interact with the newer versions of uh, Microsoft's OS, Windows, Um and basically has turned Skype into, you know, though a still widely used platform, not the one that is booming. Um, and also the barrier mm-hmm. to entry for a lot of users, they've just found Zoom and even something like House Party. I'm not sure if you've used House Party, mm-hmm. any of y'all, but I was using it with some friends the other day. Um, it's not super robust, but it's very easy to use. And if all you need is that quick convenience of pinging people... The barrier to Skype for having to create an account and you know find mm-hmm. the contacts on the account, um, it's it's a bit limiting, and many users don't even know that Skype has a separate service for no download required uh, web-based mm-hmm. connection. I think just because Microsoft has kind of abandoned Skype's growth and it's not their focus anymore. So that really opened the door for during a pandemic, which uh, communication Mm -hmm. tool is going to become the standard. And it looks like Zoom is becoming that standard. It's now revealing some of the issues with Zoom, which I think just come with, you know, any company, um, you know, that is growing that has this kind of infrastructure, um, mm-hmm. unless they great have, power, like, great responsibility. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, exactly. Unless there is like a dedicated focus to make sure that we, we catch this from the very beginning. Um, there's probably going to be some of those, uh, gaps in their product that can be exploited. So I think you're right, Taylor. I really think that zoom is going to secure the bag on this one. Um, I, I think they're going to come out of this strong, uh, cemented as a uh, as a standard for video conferencing, and mm-hmm. um, you know I'm I'm interested to see how the company continues to address any of its security or infrastructure issues and what the future of Zoom looks like. Yeah, we may have a new tech titan on our hands here. Oh no! All right. <laughs> oh no! Careful, you're gonna get me ranting now. <laughs> All, All right, right, team. I think that does it for our show today. Any final thoughts out there, folks? Well, um, we're in a volatile place. We've got a lot of different directions. It looks like our communications and our infrastructure are heading. I think that the the common theme that I've seen with our stories today is defining what the essential needs of the public are, defining what used to be considered as a luxury and now might be considered as a public uh, public health and public um, just access that we need to have as, as uh, individuals. And yeah, I, I think that that's going to shift a lot of the conversations going forward. That's my big takeaway from the day. 
You know what? 100%, Mr. Bagley. I don't have anything to add to that. I think it was perfect. <laughs> wow. You are just so inspirational, Taylor. Very. Thanks, I'm, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm weeping. I wish you could see my face. <laughs> well, that's why you keep inviting me back, I hope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries. 